This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Lucia Aguilar, founder at Tatum Digital. Lucia, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much, Art. Thank you for having me here. Terrific. Thank you for coming. All right. So let me ask you this. Do you follow The Rock on Instagram or perhaps Kim Kardashian? It's something that many of us do, right? And I bet you've heard about influencer marketing, which is about good old product endorsement, but with a 23rd century twist. Today, celebrities endorse products or services for companies via online platforms. Mobile apps are a big chunk of this business. And it's not only about super celebrities either. It goes like this. You open TikTok, see a video somebody you follow showing a cool makeup she just discovered, and then you realize it's something that you've been looking for and you buy. Boom. Congrats. A sale of the influencer marketing has just happened. Well, today, Alicia will tell us about how influencer marketing can help you acquire users for your app. But before we will be diving into this nitty-gritty of acquiring app users via influencer marketing, let's talk about you, Alicia. Please tell us about yourself. How did you get into uh, influencer marketing? Well, thank you very much. So I was working 2000, I would say 14 at Unilever and we were seeing, I was working in a detergent brand and we were seeing that there was this girl on YouTube that she was cleaning the houses and like teaching mm-hmm. people how to clean. And like, she was really having a lot of organic traction and she was amazing. So we decided to sponsor one of her videos. and then. I, I did another position where right. we uh, sponsor a lot of influencers to create content for Unilever with different Unilever brands for hair care products. It was called All Things Hair, where we launched the channel on YouTube to uh, have a lot of influencers talking about Unilever products. Yeah, At that same moment, I was called by Hans Rafalf, one of the founders of Clue, a menstrual health app. And he proposed to me to move to the app business. So I was hired there uh, to do all the influencer marketing strategy at the beginning. And we have huge success with Clue over three and a half years where me and my team took the company from 1 million monthly active users to 13 million monthly active users, mainly with influencer marketing. So that's how it all started. (laughs) Great. Now... You know, for the benefit of people who probably didn't listen to your colleague Federica on one of the previous episodes, please tell us briefly about Tatum Digital. What do yeah. you guys do? Sure. At Tatum, we have a very strategic focus where we just do influencer marketing with performance focus for mostly subscription-based apps and subscription-based e-commerce products. All our clients are more or less, oh, like I would say 90% of our clients uh, are within those two categories. And we have a very strategic focus to making sales out of influencer marketing. And we have been doing this for the last two and a half years uh, with great success, growing the company like uh, like crazy. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Is there any specific reason why you guys have chosen the subscription-based apps? I think they talk the same language as we do. Uh, they understand or they need to have this like understanding of the funnel, the understanding of uh, how to optimize campaigns, the, mm. the necessity to grow in a, in a very sustainable way and not just like having downloads just because, but like understanding what's your main KPI, how can we optimize it and like really converting into sales. Gotcha. You're on the same page with them, basically. Yeah. All right. So to start off the topic, I'm sure you're familiar with this attitude towards influencer marketing, namely that there are paid ad platforms like Apple search ads, Google ads, which are precise, built in to provide data to measure KPI for a net marketing campaign. And then there's influencer marketing. Basically, no way to measure your ad campaign results, except perhaps to just stop doing everything else and see the impact. What would you say to people who still think so? I think they're like uh, six years behind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say that, but like there are amazing tools like Adjust or AppSplyer where you can put a link, the same link that you put on Apple search ads or Google ads on your influencer marketing campaigns. Of course, you won't track 100% of the impact. Right but you will be tracking a huge chunk of it. So, and there are promo codes, there are uh, branch links. There are so many things that you can do besides the adjust or the flyer link that uh, it's it's a little bit uh, old fashioned to think that there is nothing you can do except stopping everything and see the spike on influencer marketing. There are many, many things that you can do to track it. Right, so basically that, that those problems with the you know the lacking of tracking for influencer marketing have been solved and the, it's uh, basically no no issue anymore. It's just the influencer marketing has become part of the toolbox of a marketing professional just like every other tool, right? Totally, totally. Of course, you cannot track 100%. Uh, this is something that you cannot, but if you have a very engaging call to action or something that like really drives the traffic into clicking mm -hmm. the link and not just going to the app store and searching for it organically, then you will be able to track a, a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, if we compare influencer marketing with other performance marketing channels, what are the pros and cons? And would you suggest influencer marketing for an app from any app category, or perhaps there are any exceptions? First, I, I would like to talk about incrementality. When we are searching on Google certain things, we are really wanting to buy this product or know more information about this product. And then, then we are targeted by an ad, and then we may convert. So the incrementality in these cases is questionable. We don't know how many people would have buy without this ad because they were already interested in this. So they were already searching for this. With influencer marketing, what you have is that you will have like 100% incremental traffic. They are doing like entertainment and they, they are hit by this ad and this recommendation by a trusted person. So I think uh, influencer marketing has this differential. So it has this pro. Also, when your app is very complicated and it's not easy to, um, to explain how it works on an ad, then influencer marketing is a, is a very good complement because the influencer can go uh, like for one minute explaining how your app works. 
that that would happen on an ad or a pre-roll or um or a, or a search um we we have experienced that at clue where when we started to do it nobody knew what a, a menstrual calendar was or how to track your period on an app that didn't exist at that point so we had to do a lot of uh, educational work on youtube to explain to the audience how the app worked and how to track and what were all the 25 or 23 different categories that they they had at that point for other clients like for example for bubble explaining that it's a language learning app it's not that complicated everyone knows now that you can learn a language in an app but there are other clients that we have that are more complicated that influencer marketing is a great companion to their marketing efforts yeah Right. So it goes like, even if you can create a set of videos to explain how your app works, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily being able to deliver the explanation, the language which the the audience of the app needs. But with the influencer, because he has a great trust and understanding between him or her and their audience, they're easier for them to deliver that explanation explaining exactly the way that that people will be able to comprehend what they have does, right? Yeah, exactly. And also, great influencers are great content creators and communicators. So they have an ability to communicate better than the usual public, or they know how to like really degrade uh, a very complex marketing brief into like common words. So yeah. And so you've said that your group people working with the apps that which has a paid model based on subscription. But in terms of uh, categories, it's I suspect it's pretty broad spectrum, right? But perhaps there are any, any app category that you believe probably influencer marketing wouldn't work? Like, I don't know, e-commerce, uh, social media, a photo video will be like the best case. But perhaps there is any category you can think of that may not work with the influencer marketing or there aren't any I haven't found them <laughs> yet. <laughs> we had so many different clients and we have now and we haven't found it yet. Like, for example, uh, we did the whole strategy for Fishbrain. And uh-huh. what happened with Fishbrain is that at what point we had done videos with every content creator fisherman in the U.S. and there was no one left. So it could happen if you have like a niche app that we exhaust a geography with all content creators. But that that doesn't mean that it didn't work. The, the strategy worked fantastically well for Fishbrain and they continue to do it with the ones that we already hired in the past. So they re- redo it. But we haven't found any app that doesn't work on influencer marketing. It could be a little bit more expensive, a little bit less expensive, but doesn't work. I couldn't find it yet. Gotcha. It sounds really reassuring. Now, over the years, you've have, you have had a lots of clients, and certainly you've made a number of case studies. Can you give us a few insights uh, for what kind of results that marketers may expect from running an influencer marketing campaign? Just a few numbers. Yeah, sure. So the, the number one learning that I would say is the long tail effect. And this is very funny because you mentioned it when we were discussing uh, b- before the podcast. So the long tail effect means that your YouTube videos, for example, will bring you 50% of the total uh, or the yearly revenue on month one. 
And then the rest of the revenue will come in the following month. On month eight, nine, 10, 12, will come another 50%. Um, and this has been super funny that, that you mentioned as well, because we have a client that returned this week to us because they saw the results of the campaign that we did last year and the, the results were super Roy positive. And when we canceled the, the campaign, they weren't. And of course, we, not, we need to educate clients to tell them that they need patience. But yeah, long tail effect is the first one. So you will have the results on, on month one, 50%, and the rest, you can almost or more duplicate the revenue that you will have on month one in the following month. Another nice example that we saw and we have papers documenting them uh, in our website, you can find all our papers if you want to read it. I, I invite you to, to download and read it. But also we what we've seen is that the, the more budget that you have, the mm -hmm. better the cost per acquisition. And you would say, well, this doesn't happen all the time in other platforms, right? Like if you want right. to bid more, then like the, the, the price will go up. But in this case, it's different because when you have more money, you can have better influencers, bigger influencers that will charge you less by CPM because they have a massive uh, reach. They mm -hmm. know how to integrate ads better. The audience is more accustomed to the brand integration. So with all these things, and also you can diversify your risk into more content creators. So you, you have less risk of, of having a, a failed video that also happens. And this happens every time. So the more you invest, the lower the tax. Right. That's, that's a really, uh, yeah, that's something that is not intuitive for people to understand. And it's great that you can actually bring up this case and uh, explain that that's not the case for influencer marketing. It, your uh, acquisition cost will be less because the audience is greater. Uh, these people are more involved and they're not familiar with apps. That's cool. You know, we were living through this moment now. iOS 14.5 was released by Apple in the end of April. It's been two months. And one of the major updates is limitation of using personal data. Um, and it has been making a big dent in the app marketing. Just ask Facebook with its Facebook audience network platform and they will tell you gladly how it's been influencing their operations. So how does influencer marketing fit into this new world? Well, that's another good news for influencer marketing, actually, because oh, with influencer marketing, you don't use personal data. You target by the, the, the person's interest. So... Mm -hmm. For example, if you want to get a person that is interested in self-improvement, then you will go and, and, and close a lot of self-improvement content creators. And also you can target them by country, by age, by gender, with the insights of the YouTube videos or Instagram insights or whatever insight that the, the, the influencer has. So there is no use of the, the, the user's data, but there is a targeting with the data of the viewers. So that's also a, a great news for, for influencer marketing for us because we are able to continue targeting that people, that target audience of our clients without in, like um, without using their, they, they, their data. Yeah. Indeed, that's, that's a great news for influencer marketing as well. You've been into influencer marketing for a number of years. From a user acquisition perspective, do you see now and when I say now, specifically, I mean last in this year, 
Any significant changes in how marketers use this channel to acquire users? I see that there are every month more companies interested in acquiring users via influencer marketing with a performance focus. But there's still a lot of agencies and a lot of clients that are doing that for brand purposes without any KPI, without tracking, without understanding how much they, they can pay or many running campaigns without not knowing how, how to price the influencer marketing. So an influencer marketing campaign can be good or bad depending on the fee that you pay the, the influencer. So with the same one influencer, you can have a good campaign or a bad campaign. It all depends on the price that you negotiate. So knowing your funnel, knowing how you can convert on influencer marketing and knowing how much, and like building a reverse funnel, knowing how much you can pay the influencer will give you the success of a, of a campaign or the failure of a campaign. All right. And if there's one thing about influencer marketing you would like to change, what would that be? Yeah, I, I would love that, you know, one of the biggest problems that we have is that we reach out to influencers in new markets or so, and they receive like thousands of emails every day. And most <laughs> of them are scams, are like affiliate links to whatever thing, or they're things to promote in exchange of something very shady. So I like I would like to have a, a communication line with influencers that is more direct and it's more professional than just that this like public emails that they receive thousands of emails every day because we come here with serious business and not not like these spams or like shady uh, transactions. So I, I would like to have a, a better communication flow with with influencers across the world. I hear you, Lucia. It comes back to people and their behavior, which is not great all the time. And yeah, there's always the flip side in every facet of our life. And uh, influencer marketing is just one of them. Yeah, you just have to be able to manage this shadow part better and make sure you stay away with your business uh, from that part. But yeah, it's just inevitable. These people were... Uh, they are here and they will be continue operating the market. It's just given. But yeah, I would like to make sure that this part is as small as possible. Yeah. All right. Now, when we're basically done with the major topic on the table, I have just a few more questions, which we at the show ask every guest to let the audience to know the people behind the company, behind the service and the uh, agency a little bit better. And yeah. so here we go. Question number one, what smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between iOS and, and Android or staying one side all the time? Well, that's that's a great question. Uh, I have an iPhone 11 and I've been iPhone user for the last, I would say, eight years or so. I tried to go to Android at one point and the thing is, I, I haven't told you that, but I'm a content creator myself. Oh. I have a, a, um, a medium-sized Instagram account. Uh, I, I speak about finance and investment on Instagram. You can follow me as Luli Invierte in Spanish. Um, 
And I produce content all the time. I film, I edit, cut uh, photos, videos, mostly videos, uh, because I explain things. We talk about serious business as well, like finance and investment. So there are not much of uh, photo editing, but yes, video editing. And mm -hmm. I do like a 13 things at the same time, multitasking all the time. And I found that the iPhone is much more robust than, than Android. And I had a very good Android. I had a, a Google phone. But it wasn't so um, strong for me to do many things at the same time, like editing videos and doing other things while the video has been editing. So I'm back to to iPhone and I'm super happy and I, I won't I don't see myself changing it soon. I see. So, you know, they influence some marketing from inside out because you're a yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's 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 go back. I'm what was your first mobile phone? Um, you know, I had to search that because I did, I don't recall. Like I think I think it was an Alcatel OT331. It was uh -huh. super, super old. And I remember that I, I bought it with my first salary. My parents wouldn't buy a phone for me. So when I was like 19 or so, I was um I was uh, working in a in a bookstore and I, with my first salary I bought my first phone. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, back to present. Imagine you've left your smartphone at home. It happened. Uh, yeah. What would be the most missing feature for you? Well, I'm super phone def uh, uh, dependent, but I would say the payment solutions. I I don't I don't take a wallet. You know, I put everything on my phone and I pay everything with my phone. So I don't have money on my pockets either. So if I left my phone at my house, I will definitely not have any money and no way to pay things <laughs> outside my home. Got it. So Apple Pay all the time. Yes. <laughs> all right. So what new app technologies are you most excited about? What kind of features you would like to see in your phone? It could be hardware, software, and I'm not asking specifically, are you looking for more stuff in your phone? Because, you know, it depends on the person. We have, every, uh, like, every person has its own balance, like, how much stuff you would like your phone to be able to do. So we, what, what is missing for you on your phone right now? Or perhaps you want to use it less? Yeah. So what I love about the, the phone right now is that the ability to, to do so many stuff within just one, this tiny device. I sometimes like work directly from my phone and do so many things there. Um, I love like the versatility and like the capacity that has, like, you know, uh, I remember like having these huge computers in my house, like you mm -hmm. couldn't move and like the, the, the processing system of that huge computer is like the, the phone has like a hundred times more and it's like one, tenth of the size and like 100 of the weight and i think i'm i'm in awe of the rapid development that has been in the last like 20 years or 30 years you know i would all of course like to use it a little bit less because you know like uh, having a business being a content creator and being a mom of two it's a lot of things and i'm i'm sometimes a little bit too involved in my smartphone i i would love to use it less but also i when i take vacations i normally put it in like plane mode where i just take photos of my kids in the beach and stuff so i have my rules in order to to not be consumed by the phone but yeah sometimes and 
I, I also like one feature that I like is that I put the phone to go to sleep at 9.30. So I cannot use it anymore. Then I sometimes, some nights, many nights, <laughs> I just cancel that. But um, it's a good reminder that I it's time to like turn it off. Yeah, yeah indeed. It, indeed, it's a, great, it's a great reminder. And it looks like the AI is 15. We'll have even more features along this direction, allowing us to manage our life and uh, how much or how less we're using our, our smartphone uh, on a daily basis. All right, before I let you go, just very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah, sure. So you can contact me at lucia at tatam.digital or on my website, tatam.digital, or you can write me at my Instagram Luli Invierte. Uh, that's in Spanish, but you can write me in any language. Uh, I will reply to well, any language, no, but German, English, or Portuguese, or Spanish, and I will get back to you. <laughs> Terrific. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Lucia. Thank you. Thank you very much for your invitation. It was lovely. Bye-bye. And Bye. Uh, yeah, Aguilar, founder at Tatum Digital. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.